Hello and welcome to this special edition of Access Asia. Climate change is a global threat, but countries in Asia are particularly vulnerable. From this year's devastating floods in Pakistan to coal plants in Bangladesh, the region is both victim and culprit. We'll speak to renowned activist Milati Weissin about who and what needs to change if Asia and the planet are to be saved. Well, climate change, undoubtedly one of the biggest, most severe challenges confronting the world. And the stakes are high in Asia. Pakistan, for one, is on the front line. Earlier this year, torrential rains and floods left a third of the country underwater. Two million houses were destroyed and 1,700 people were killed. Here's an extract from our show reporters, which you can see in full on our website. The plains of Sindh in southern Pakistan look like an ocean. Two months after the torrential rains of a historic monsoon, the water continues to stagnate. Thousands of affected families live isolated, cut off from the rest of the country by water. We are on our way to the city of Gozo, which has been surrounded by water for two months, and there is a shortage of food there. You see this whole area here, well, these were towns. There were people living there, there were houses, there was a whole network of roads, markets, there were fields. Now this area looks like an ocean. Everywhere you look, all you see is water. More than 22,000 children have been hospitalized in flooded areas in the south of the country, and many have been admitted to this children's hospital. Due to the lack of medical staff, parents watch over their sick children 24 hours a day. Naza Bibi is with her granddaughter, who has pneumonia. As we are poor, we first gave traditional medicines to my granddaughter. It did not help. Then I decided to come here. But on the way, someone robbed me, took all my money. I didn't even have money to pay for the transport. One point six million children are in urgent need of medical aid in the south of Pakistan. Every day here, nearly 20 children succumb to their illnesses. This woman has given back the lifeless body of her baby, who died from hepatitis. He arrived too late at the hospital and could not be saved by the medical teams. The population in rural Sindh is one of the poorest in Pakistan. The literacy rate is one of the lowest in the country. For the past few years, one man has been trying to raise awareness. He addresses these women who harvest cotton and who have lost their jobs because the fields are underwater. Above the sky, you know there is the sun. The sun sends heat to the earth. Between the sun and the earth, there is a protective layer that filters the bad heat rays. You know that the temperatures are higher now. This is not because there is heat coming from the earth, but because the protective layer has thinned out and now the bad heat rays are coming directly to the earth. And that is why the temperatures have increased. The reason this is happening is because cars and factories burning fuel cause pollution to rise in the air and damage the protective layer. The most important side effect is that temperatures are rising and this is causing natural disasters over and over again. 
Well, we have understood very well why these disasters happen. We are illiterate. We live in isolation. We didn't know anything about this before. Now we've understood that we need to have a good drainage system, that we need to save grain in case of emergency to be able to survive. We are the least contributor to the carbon emissions, but we are, you know, suffering more. So this is kind of the climate justice agenda, that how the other stakeholders who are involving, even the local, even the national, as well as the international, I mean, the buying firms, buying companies, like Adidas, like others, who have to, to, to pay back, I mean, the firms who are basically uh, <coughs> promoting the fossil fuels and like that, they should compensate the carbon clean credits. And being a citizen, I, I am also trying that climate justice at the international level is also needed. Meanwhile, world leaders and activists gathered in Egypt for the UN Climate Conference COP27. At the age of 12, Malati Weissen, along with her sister Isabel, founded Bye Bye Plastic Bags. And the Dutch Indonesian activist joins us now from Bali. Hello to you, Malati, and thank you for joining us. Um, now you're at the ripe old age of 21. You're a veteran, a seasoned player in this game. Has the past decade made you more or less optimistic about the fight against climate change? Oh, that's a good one, because, yeah, 12 to 21, I am nearly half of my life on the front lines of change. I think it depends on the day uh, that you catch me when you ask me this question. Tonight, I say hopeful, because I think after Youth Day at COP27, it's a strong reminder that the youth movement today is unstoppable. We know exactly the world that we want to work towards. Yeah, and you started an organization called Youthtopia that aims at empowering the youth. Have you noticed a general generational divide when it comes to dealing with these issues? Mm, yeah, I started Youthtopia mostly because I could sense, you know, from the peers and the generation I'm a part of, we all want to create change, but sometimes we don't know where and how to start. But the intention and the willingness to create change is there. I see that similarly in generations a little bit older, but I think the the unique aspect of Gen Z is the fact that we're ready and we are leading by example. We don't wait until we're older or until we've got that PhD or that position or that title to really drive forward with change. Uh, Egyptian organizers at COP27 this year, they said the event is about implementing the pledges that were made from last year. Is that optimistic? So much of the dialogue we hear from governments or companies at times feels just like greenwashing. So is there enough political will to implement change? I think it's an interesting uh, angle that the word implementation has finally reached the agendas. But it's again, it's a matter of how do we take that implementation and actually have it take place outside of the four walls of a conference room. This is the number one priority that Gen Z want to see. No more empty promises or far away deadlines. We want to see how this implementation will take place right after the conference ends. Um, and I think this is, again, uh, how young people are leading by example and not waiting until the next COP conference to really address or reanalyze. But we're, we're leading by example and implementing the change every single day. Uh, when we talk about Asia, we're talking about a part of the world that is perhaps disproportionately affected by climate change. It also is partly responsible, of course. What are some of the biggest issues uh, uh, for where you are? Yeah, so I'm from Indonesia and the climate crisis is already here. Like many countries in the global south, we're experiencing it on a daily basis. We are getting earlier rainy seasons with 
un uncomparable uh, floods uh, displacing thousands. We're catching forest fires at the same time, uh, more earthquakes, the rapid change in our climate is already here. Um, another element of the climate crisis, what we see very uh, visually here in Indonesia is of course the plastic pollution crisis. That was what got me started almost 10 years ago. The work is always just beginning. Um, there's so much more to do each day when I wake up uh, with Utopia. Uh, there's a new change maker that we're collaborating with or organizing with, and this is part of what keeps me hopeful is uh, being surrounded constantly by the young change makers in all corners of the world who have their own projects and who are making their own track record of change. Um, for me, this is what the next chapter of my life will look like to building Utopia to become the number one go-to learning platform because I strongly believe that each and every one of us can be a change maker. We all have a role to play. Miladi, thank you very much. We know you're very busy. Uh, Miladi Weissen speaking to us from Bali. Miladi leaving us there to dress COP27 live via video link in just a few, min few minutes. Well, we head to Bangladesh next. It's among the countries most at risk from the climate crisis, and yet a controversial new coal power plant is to be fired up this year. The government is accused of prioritizing cheap energy over the environment. James Mulholland has more. These are the Sundarbans. 10,000 square kilometers of mangrove forests that protect and feed the lush delta wetlands of southern Bangladesh. More than 4 million people live here, mostly farmers and fishermen. But just upstream, a new neighbor has moved in. The Rampal power station is set to start burning coal, the dirtiest of fossil fuels, in the coming weeks. I'm not sure what the situation will be when the plant starts running. If it turns out badly, then we can't live there. We'll have to sell our properties and move. During my grandfather's time, we had plenty of rice and fish. Our living standard was higher. We heard that if the toxic wastewater from the plant is dumped into the river, no crops or fish will grow in our region. Bangladesh's energy needs are soaring as the country develops, and the government is striving to improve living conditions for its 168 million people. But environmentalists say coal is not the answer. They've staged regular protests against the Rampal power station since construction began in 2016, calling for the Sundarbans unique ecosystem to be protected. The world's largest mangrove forest plays a crucial role in the climate crisis. It's much more effective than regular forests at sucking carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Activists have urged the government to pursue greener options. Bangladesh has actually got one of the fastest growing solar home systems. More than six million solar home systems are in operation. now. If you measure that in terms of gigawatts of power, it's very small. However, if you measure that in terms of providing clean electricity to improve the livelihoods of millions of poor people around the country, then it's a fantastic in intervention. Low-lying Bangladesh is one of the countries most vulnerable to climate change. Along with increased rainfall and cyclones, tens of millions of people risk being displaced if sea levels rise, as predicted, over the coming decades. 
The country is also one of the world's lowest polluters. Nonetheless, it pledged to reduce emissions by 22 per cent by 2030, a target that will be harder to meet with the Rumpel coal plant expected to pump out an extra 15 million tonnes of carbon dioxide and other warming gases each year. That's it for this edition. Thank you for watching and please stay tuned to France 24.